Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod Welk, joined by my beer chugging co-host. Oh, Nick. No, she literally like literally like drinks a beer once and now you're the beer chugging co-host. I know. It makes you relatable though. No, this is how um Diamond Creek Bomb. But I, t- <laughs> there, I had um an old boss that would in his mind he I was like the party girl at the office which I worked you know I you you were literally my boss I worked like 24 7 yeah but you like there was a moment where you had sort of an Edie Sedgwick vibe oh thank you that's so kind wow that's the (laughs) nicest way anybody has ever talked about that period of my life Um, (laughs) mostly it's like yeah that time when you wore like only used clothes (laughs) yeah yeah. What was I saying? Oh, I remember we were in a board meeting and normally I didn't get invited to every board meeting, you know, but in front of all the investors, he was like, yeah, Annie, you were just at a music festival last weekend. Yeah. Like, what were you doing? Molly, mushrooms. And I was just like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. And then, that's you know, so it's like, that's the, crazy. The- Let me guess. Was this a straight, was this a straight white guy? Did you even have to ask? Yes. I mean, the audacity. I will say... Asshole behavior like that is knows no gender. Yeah, but like I just I feel like it is only a certain type of person that decides that it's okay to come like just to perceives your like aesthetic or your look to be like you partying and then also to talk about it. Like yeah, at just the, at the work, to flippantly the describe you as something that's so like irrelevant and Yeah. Especially in a situation like that where it was the first time that I was meeting some of these people. Yeah. Anyway, wow, we really got heated right at the top so but i do live also right above a bar so it's basically my life is 24 7 it's always sunny (laughs) that which is why i'm I'm moving which i don't want yeah yeah moving but you can't you can't tell anyone because it's a secret i don't know if my landlord listens to the podcast i'm gonna venture he doesn't henry i gotta say it's been a wild ride oh right you're moving on we decided you need um a dishwasher and laundry, at least on the floor, if not in the unit. Yeah, but I, the one I applied for, I have to give one of those things up, but it's so worth it. Did I send you photos? No, but you know that I realized, I think I literally said this two podcasts ago, but when I moved into the house that we live in now, it was the first time I'd lived in a house, like a single family house since I was 15 and moved out of my parents' house. Yeah, gosh, that's so much responsibility. I know, it's like, it's like you have to... You know, mow the like you a have freestanding structure. Yeah, you have to take out the. You have to put the trash on the curb. The other day, we were like trying to figure out how to call three one one because we like have too many garbage things, and we needed to like give them back to the city. And we we're like, how do you like give garbage cans back to the city? And like, are we paying for them? A lot of questions. Speaking of which, midterms. Mm-hmm. It's been a nail biter in LA. As of as of recording time, we still don't have a mayor elect. Karen Bass. And Rick Caruso, Katy Perry's favorite billionaire, are they're still counting like ballots? Yeah, people are outraged at the amount of um, celebrity like, support. Progressive branded celebs are supporting him. Yeah, is the biggest like, for lack of a better term, and it, not to like downgrade it as an issue, because I don't think it's an issue. But if you say you were a Rick Caruso supporter or like a Katy Perry on the inside. Is the biggest like woke issue the homelessness? So I'll yes, issue? thank you for that question. I'll take a stab at answering. And as one of our least informed voters, I did vote, but one of our least informed, my 
understanding, my surface level understanding of sort of the issues is Rick Caruso. Well, number one, I did read an article that talked about how, you know, if you if you look into Rick Caruso's past donations, he was a Republican until like six months before he decided he, you know, officially entered a campaign for mayor. And when he was a Republican, he donated to Mitch McConnell. He donated to all of these, you know, if you're a liberal, bad organizations that would, you know, seem to indicate that he was, a, you know, a conservative bigot. But as he's been, you know, campaigning, spending over $100 million of his own money on this campaign, he's sort of impressed upon everyone who will listen that he's pro-choice and yada, yada. But like anyone who gives Mitch McConnell money is a dickhead in my book. That said, Rick Caruso, for those of you who don't know him or don't pay attention to local Los Angeles politics, he is the uh, real estate developer behind this outdoor mall called The Grove, which is near West Hollywood. It's like this big sort of Disney-esque outdoor mall that has like fountains and a Christmas display. And it, you know, when it opened... Does it have the Gucci cafe that you wanted to go to? No, that is on Rodeo Drive. The Grove is more Abercrombie, Barnes & Noble, Nordstrom, Sephora. I remember. I don't know how I got that mixed up. Yes. Did, but I, I like the old part of the Grove because didn't it used to be like a it used to be a farmer's market an outdoor. yeah so they have like part of the yeah. Grove is an out, is a farmer's market that but anyway he, he created the Grove it was a splash <laughs> you know it was like a big hit because they had valet and it was outdoors and it felt sort of upscale you could bring the whole family and go to the mall I guess you know big boulevards like in the mall to go to Topshop and wherever else Dylan's Candy Bar then a couple of years ago, he opened another sort of development called Palisades Village in the Pacific Palisades, which is on the west side of Los Angeles. And this is how I'll describe. And the Pacific Palisades Mall, Palisades Village, is more even more up, you know, fancy schmancy than the Grove. They have like a Jennifer Meyer jewelry store and like a Brunello Cuccinelli store. Where is it? In in the Palisades, the west, west side of LA. Yeah, West. Okay. Um, but my funny anecdote about the Palisades, and to give you sort of like a perfect snapshot of his brand of development, is I had friend a friend who has two kids, and this is a couple of years ago. They were playing on the lawn uh, in the Palisades Village. There's like it's now out- another outdoor mall, and there's like some green lawn, and they got grass all over their pants, and then. When they got home, my friend, their mom, was trying to wash their pants to get the grass out and realized that it was paint, that he he literally oh spray God. paints the grass green at the Palisades Village. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of which is to say, sort of like a Disney-esque heightened picket fence reality that he creates. He also owns this fancy Santa Barbara hotel called the Miramar, which famously has like a railroad track running through it. And they have like conductors that stand on either side of this railroad track to like make sure that no one throws themselves in front of the trains. Anyway, all of which, this was a big, a big departure for a second, but all of which is to say, I think that when people, the people associate Rick Caruso with like Clean, like cleaning up an area, developing it, spray painting the grass green, and keeping it looking really pretty. I.e., no, you know, houseless and homeless people in sight. Have you heard of the term hostile architecture? I think is the term. No, but 
It sounds like a, I should have known about that because I was an urban studies major. It's like when um, like someone like Rick Crusoe comes in and he's like, we're going to clean up this bus stop and like puts in a bench that's like all twee and, and like wavy and like painted like pink. But it, yeah, but it, yeah, it's shaped in such a way where it's really, they put in a new bench like that so homeless people can't sleep on it. Right. That's kind of the vibe. Um, anyway, so I think people... And and in Los, the context of all of this is that Los Angeles, like the homelessness, on, especially in the West Side, but really all over the city, has exploded. It exploded during COVID, and it's really sad. There's like huge encampments all across the city of you know tents and sleeping bags, and it's hor- It's it's quite horrible, and crime, you know, has seemingly risen across the city. Break-ins, um, et cetera, in even like these like gated fancy neighborhoods. And I think people feel for some reason that this, you know, realist, billionaire real estate developer can solve this problem. And that's sort of like what they're banking on when they vote for Rick Caruso versus Karen Bass, who is a career long civil servant. And I think, you know, also has had to address like wanting to curb homelessness and clean up the streets and find housing. My thought was that she might do it with more compassion. It's weird when a celebrity like Katy Perry, who's supposed to be an ally, just gets really nasty. Shows Yeah, shows her true what colors. What they really care about. Exactly. Because kind of the implication is like they want the strong arm to come in. They want the billionaire the billionaire to like just sanitize. fucking Yeah, exactly. Like just like clean up yeah. the city. They don't really care how the sausage is made, but just like as long as everything looks like the Palisades village. Anyway, all of which is to say the election was a very close call. And as of recording on two, on Thursday, November tenth, I'm going to the LA Times right now to make sure that we're not up oh, oh as of right this second. 6.57 p.m. Pacific time. Businessman Rick Caruso is now ahead of U.S. Representative Karen Bass by just 2,695 votes. So it's incredibly close, um, and they're now counting all the mail-in ballots, I guess. So TBD on that. But I hope that everyone voted. And um, is that our election coverage? I think so. I mean, yeah. we, we could do a Should whole, we, like, whole about, episode. Like, I don't know if people came here for that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. the Kardashians this week. Oh, we do actually have a correction <laughs> from last week's episode unrelated to the Kardashians, which came uh, via the stylist, Kate Young, who corrected me that the uh, store Maquier, which I, I recommended for like chic little little baby clothes, is actually on Thompson Street, not in Brooklyn. And the designer behind Maquier was formerly a designer at Comme des Garcons. So this explains why this is the chicest you know, infant baby clothes you can find. So thank you for that. We are nothing if not devoted to the truth and facts. And we will correct mm-hmm. anything well, that we have to. <laughs> I've actually been thinking about that. As I, you know, eyewitness testimony is subjective. Historically, historically subjective. Yeah. And that's our brand. <laughs> True. You know, like eyewitness, you know, we're not here with the facts always. No. Sometimes we get it wrong. Do we? I mean, okay, you bring up you a good what? point. I have another scoop. What do you have? As part of the Prada Beauty conversation, which I realized, I don't know if I fully articulated the point I was making about Prada Beauty, which I'm disappointed that they launched their beauty Instagram and it was the same it old... It was just like pictures of like, like Prada like candy airport fragrance. Campaigns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you. So I just needed to get that out because I just to make sure everybody understood where I was coming from. And we asked for if anybody knew what was going on with Prada Beauty, if they were going to bring back Prada skincare because it was this cult thing. Blah, blah, blah. I got a DM. She said, Anon, please. So I feel like you yeah, want. like really cool. Assuming someone already reached out to you, nobody else did, by the way. So <laughs> step it up about what is going on with Prada Beauty. But basically, Puj. Puj. Is that how we decided to say it? On I think, oh, Puj. Well, yeah, Puj, Puj. Don't, you know, I hate that. You know, I hate that sound. <laughs> okay, that, that conglomerate <laughs> that shall remain nameless. Used to have the license. Loyal, however, acquired it two years ago or so. They relaunched with this new perfume and yes, makeup and I believe skincare is to come. Mm. That's so the yeah, yeah, the rest is still. Or did somebody just do like the like light research for us? <laughs> no, I have a scoop maybe too. skincare. I have a scoop from what? from a source as well. Oh, Sienna Miller is working on a skincare line. I'm developing a skincare brand. Which is very exciting. It's kind of smells like Palo Santo, so it should calm. Okay, so okay. she's developing a skincare line and it smells like Palo Santo. This is according, she was just released a Vogue video. And I have one other, this is not a scoop, but this is breaking news. Paris Hilton is launching her 29th, 29, her 29th fragrance this week. At this point, is it even news? I mean, I just, I just didn't, you know, I feel like she's had a renaissance in the last, you know, call it two years. Um, the the new fragrance is called Love Rush, and it was created initially for her wedding day, and that's why it's like the bottle shaped like a wedding dress. But I just think what I think it's interesting that Paris Hilton. Who would have thought that Paris Hilton would have like you know the idea of Paris Hilton would have aged as well as it has? You know what I mean? Like she was a joke. And then she was like the the personification of excess and superficiality and, you know, whatever and like sort of privilege and all this stuff. And now we've all kind of come around to thinking she's like a boss bitch. You know, she's like uh, the original girl boss. And that was a very sexist thing I just said. But her whole thing is this like heightened version of like femininity and baby voice and all that stuff. So I feel like it's a fair, it's a fair critique. What do you think about Paris Hilton? You're like, we got very I honestly quiet. don't think that, I don't think that deeply about Paris. Did you watch the documentary on YouTube? I have to the conversation. No, I don't care. Really? Do you know how big her feet are? She has like a size 11 that foot. That makes me sad. That's, uh, what, I hate learning that <laughs> people have different size feet than me. <laughs> um, I just think it's, int- I think it's miraculous that she's sort of like run, she's like, we've gone through the whole, like, you know, the, the, all the steps, like the 12 steps with Paris, where like we hated her and we were like shitting on her and then she was like the biggest celebrity in the world and then she was like so lame and so passe and now like every like the 90s are back and you know it's just about how amazing she is remember this like like the simple life oh. that's that's like what i think about when i think of paris there but that just, show was so every, good nobody would shut up about it it was so good um no i mean Yes, I, I, mean, I think it, what I, what this is revealing to me like, is that we're of two different generations. Like that, you didn't. No, we're not. You were like no, in like elementary David school. LaChapelle. Yep, David LaChapelle did take a, a heavy interest in Paris Hilton. What's a milestone in Paris Hilton's life back then that we can like compare? How there was we were? the Lindsay Lohan Paris and Britney Spears in the car 
photograph, which was like okay. I think I was iconic. in ninth grade. Really? Uh, I think so. I, I feel like that 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 checks out, and I would have been like, like in college. Where, it's like one of those moments where you do think back and you remember where you were. Yeah, it it, it uh, honestly yes. Paris, Lindsay, Brittany. Let's see. Hold on, we're about to find PLB. out. Isn't it crazy how I became best friends with one of these people? I know for a day. Two thousand six. Yeah, I would have been. I graduated from college that year. I would have been a sophomore in high school, I think. There you go. That's where we were. So I take it back. The other other quick piece of beauty news that we had. We wanted to talk about a celebrity photo shoot. Oh, yeah, that was it. It was the last print issue of Allure magazine. That was the last? Oh, that part totally flew over my head. I had no idea. Yeah, it was the last okay. print issue. They went out swinging. I believe it was. I think it was. You Let know? me check. Hold on. See, this is the kind of research we do. We don't just say things willy-nilly. Okay. Allure magazine. You felt that you had witnessed that, though. That's what it counts as an eyewitness. Yeah, December 2022 is that the final issue. Truth. So, yeah, it was. It was the last issue. See? It was covered by none other than Jennifer Anastopoulos. Is that, is that her real last yeah. name? Yeah. Here's my... Th- can I... Or you, you actually... You get to go first because this was your... No, no, no. No, this is your podcast too. Go for it. <laughs> so my thing is, we have such a complicated relationship with celebrities like Jennifer Aniston, and and she has. <laughs> I such... thought you were going to say you and Jennifer <laughs> no. have such a complicated and, relationship. And I think, and she, of and she, <laughs> no, and she with us. <laughs> and I think what it comes down to is like here's an example of her kind of feeding the beast, right? She gave this interview, and she talks about. I, you know, tr- uh, struggling with IVF and trying to get pregnant. And I think she mentions at some point, I haven't read the article, but I think she mentions like her ex or something at some point makes reference to it. And so now all I see is headlines in New York Magazine and every single gossip Instagram and website about her, like how she can't have a baby. Like this, the things we've all, you know, like that we've, the myth that we've created around her being jilted by Brad and like babyless and all this stuff. And then she gives an interview where she indulges our sort of morbid curiosity and her fertility and it, and it feels complicated. I feel bad for her. Like I feel bad that there's all these articles like talking about her struggles, having a kid, like it's really it's that's so complicated, and then to like have it like have it be sort of picked up as a news item seems really tough. When I imagine someone of her caliber doing this kind of press, I imagine like like she has the top tier publicists that know how all this is going to play out. Nothing's unpredictable. They have like different media outlets in the palm of their hand. So, do you really think? That like she didn't, I don't know. It just seems like you're right. Like it did feel like feeding the beast and it did feel, I hate getting my photo taken. I can't imagine the type of pressure. If I imagine myself, how old is she? She is. 41. No way. I mean, older. she's older, right? Yeah. 53. She's 53. <laughs> Time and numbers. <laughs> my strong suit I can't imagine if I'm that age like I would never I can't like I I, being I would never want to step in front of a camera ever a part of my life 
would be so over. I mean, I think she knows that that part of the ind like part of her industry is her sort of like alien like ability to like have the most insane body, you know, continually. And so I think she probably under accepts it as part of being her and like the business of being Jennifer Aniston. She also is surrounded by an entire glam team that she's worked with for 25 years. So I think she also feels comfortable that she's going to look good. And then also they just had a Lola V, her hair care line. They just had a like dinner the same day that all this dropped. Like it just, you know, like nothing's, nothing's not planned. The, the thing that for like, for me, it just felt like, yeah, it's just a continuation of the same, st- like she's not, what's the new story here? She really is what she's told us. Like the media has always told us. I don't know. We should probably read the article. I didn't article. know I felt so strongly about <laughs> We this. should probably read the article, but having neither one of us having read the article, I think what it says is, I, I do think that she, and what I just read in the article, it's funny because I had sort of thought this before, I just as I breezed through the article, was that they talk about how there will never be someone as famous as Jennifer Aniston in, in the same way that she's famous. Like it'll be someone on social media and like who, like we don't, we don't know as much about Jennifer Aniston, you know, as we know about like, I, you know, Kylie Jenner, like we've like known her since she was 10 years old and she's been on camera and every single thing she's done and mistake, we know her, you know, deepest, darkest secrets in some ways. And someone like Jennifer Aniston, you know, became such a worldwide phenomenon, but was much more of an enigma. They don't make them like that anymore. You think so? I just read an article in this newsletter called The Ankler, which is like an entertainment industry newsletter. And it was talking about the conversion rate of Charlie D'Amelio's Instagram followers to viewers of the D'Amelio show, her uh, Hulu TV show. And it was something like point, they, they estimated that the conversion was like 0.5%. Not what they were expecting. Well, she has, she's, has the second most followers on TikTok of anyone, or the number one in the US and the second in the world. And like, I think that all these guys in suits who make these decisions think that you can take a Charlie D'Amelio who is theoretically famous, famous on social media, and then all of a sudden you have a star of a reality show who people want to, you know, tune into every week to watch the trials and tribulations of that. I think what it kind of shows is people aren't that interested in her life outside of following her like following someone is different than caring about someone do you know what i mean it's passive and with jennifer aniston like people got invested yeah i mean they made t-shirts putting her and her ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend ex-husband each other and sold them yeah yeah no i it's like fucked up and like i think the fact that she's resilient and has been able to continue to succeed and i don't know it's like kind of impressive i kind of associate that time when we were talking earlier about Paris Hilton, like I feel like that's when Paris Hilton was like at her like peak. And it was such a toxic time in media. Like every single like starlet had a crazy, like clear anorexia, like all the big ones, you know, and you had like meltdowns happening. And it was like the beginning of instant gratification of like celebrity, you know, like of celebrity news, like, the weekly tabloids, you could, their photos would be everywhere somehow. The, Terry yeah. Richardson, nobody, we've talked about Terry Richardson. Did we, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. I think we, no, we, we have. have, but like, I remember, yeah, like that time of like 
us all being like, those photos are so cool and like sexy <laughs> and edgy, but nobody being like, this is fucked up. Now it's like, I, that was, that time period was just before the media got any sort of like, had any sort of humanity for... Or, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I guess a lot of people would say that it still doesn't, but like, I guess there were just, it was less mature. Well, lifestyle so, media, yeah. I guess, like celebrity yeah. Hollywood lifestyle media. Now it's much more positive branding thing to be compassionate. It's no longer acceptable to be like a rag mag. Right. And did you watch any of the documentaries on Britney? No. I think it just takes me really? back to a time in my life where it's like, I didn't like. You don't want to go. Brittany and yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. Okay, well, yeah. I'm I'll go there for. I don't, one I'm not nostalgic for that. Okay, well, the, I just think it's interesting, you know, as social commentary. But one of the like, there's one of the photographers, one of the paparazzi that was sort of following her, stalking her, um, was the one who got the pictures of her. You know, when she like smashes the car and like shaves her head and all that you know, barefoot in the gas station vibes, like that moment. And he, in the interview, talks about how basically anyone who, you know, the magazines, the editors that bought his pictures, the people who bought subscriptions or bought issues at the newsstand, like we're all responsible. Like we are all culpable for like what happened to Britney. And I believe totally. that. I also feel like that, I mean, that I feel like it's it's both true and problematic to sort of like, relinquish responsibility or at least like try to spread around responsibility no one held a gun to his head and said you have to go take pictures of this like you know troubled girl no but i no. think you're but like the but yeah there's truth to it true and it doesn't and make him knows, like a good person here's my question <laughs> okay so say britney was coming of age and coming into superstardom today with like Instagram and social and going live and all these things, do you think she would still have had? Where is she? Where is she between girl and woman? Now or at this point, she's not. She's at not yet a woman. Year. She's she's not a girl, okay. but not yet a woman. But like, where? Like, would she? Do you think having direct access to her fans and us sort of being able to access her at any moment on on the internet? Do you think that we wouldn't have like consumed and sort of provoked her per- in her personal life as much? You'll have to ask the Selena Gomez's and Taylor Swift's of the world. Probably yeah. not. I mean, they, those people are like bulletproof. I just don't know how they, I, I get so sensitive. Like if somebody like says something about me online, I just like, I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> you know it is it's so like it feels like creepy and weird and the fact that they have people just constantly obsessing over them. I mean did you watch the Selena Gomez documentary I'm gonna guess no <laughs> the only documentary I watched was Blackpink I watched the Selena Gomez documentary and it's a lot about you know her mental health struggles and physical health struggles but mental health struggles as a result of being in this toxic media cycle with like Justin and this and that and not having any privacy like her health concerns making national headlines like her health issues making national like yeah it's all I think we're probably stating the obvious but it's all sad but to tie this in a bow Paris Hilton has 29 fragrances and I just want to I feel like I came down a little hard on Jen for doing this photo shoot and my problem is not with Jen my problem is with yourself 
with the hot potato Chanel bikini top that has been in probably a dozen photo shoots. It's like the sisterhood of the traveling Chanel bikini top. Vintage Chanel. It's like we got to get like the vintage Chanel. I don't like it got... We're done. We've seen the whole library. We understand we, the full canon. Everyone's an expert now. We've seen the, like, they need to go into a vault for the next, like, 20 years so that when, you know, it's time for them to come back like around. Like a new generation can discover it can be, anew. Like yeah, a, yeah, but, like, putting Jennifer Aniston in that same freaking bikini top that, like, Lily Rose Depp got, like, Froyo in last week, like, she's better than that. Yeah. And that was upsetting to see. Yeah, I don't know. It's now I'm like kind of in a depressed mood. Oh, in the Gucci thong. Like- yeah, it was a funny. It was like, but it also, I mean, you know, I probably said this a million times, but like the era of like celebrity fashion shoots that I love were like the Alex White and Josie covers for W Magazine that were really taking a celebrity, having an art photographer, or at least like a very sort of like conceptual photographer. And like creating a world. A world and and like a character and like seeing Britney Spears as the dominatrix and like seeing Posh Spice and David Beckham like in the middle of the desert, like oiled up, like, you know, on top of like 1970s cars, like... And I think it says a lot about, you know, the state of the media, like the fact that Allure's closing. This was a studio shoot, the cheapest version of a shoot you can produce. You know what I mean? But like you have like it would have been different to have seen Jennifer Aniston in these things, like in some, you know, on top of the pyramids or whatever, like they would have done in W magazine back in the day, like in the Eiffel Tower or whatever. It just it feels a little lackluster. Similarly, Jennifer Lopez is on the cover of Vogue. And they photographed it at Flamingo Estate, which is a beautiful, you know, house in uh, Eagle Rock. There was a there was a time when you know Alex White, who was the creative director of W for quite a while, would fly like eighty trunks of clothes to Cairo, Egypt, and not even look at anything until she got on set in Cairo for like a celebrity photo shoot. That's like what made must see fashion. Or like must see like fashion spreads, you know what I mean? Everything since then has become more attainable. Yeah, now it's like we got like Jennifer Aniston. Like, yeah, but I just like I think that's probably what you're more concerned. It's just like a, it's not a very creative shoot. Yeah, where have all the cowboys mm. gone? Yeah. Um, the hottest take I saw on this was from Instagram handle the Cambino. She's a fashion critic, I believe, based in Australia. She has incredible Instagram content. She puts like contemporary modern like paparazzi photos of like Kendall Jenner walking down the street or like of course like Kendall Jenner is the first celebrity of Hotman but like every all the like celebrity like it girls and like whoever's but she photoshops like runway looks from like she'll style them in runway looks that she likes and it's fucking incredible it's really, it's really and what good. was her take on what was her there. take on Jennifer sorry yes <laughs> thank you for reminding me she just two words Jennifer Lopaniston <laughs> she's <laughs> She's saying it's like she's comparing Jennifer Lopez and Jennifer Aniston. Mm, okay, I'm not. I don't. I, yeah, I'm not like. Oh my god, that's. It's not good. It's not a good. Take. I'm not like she's. You know, the heir to the. You know, Andre Leontelli throne or like the. What I don't know. No, Jennifer Lopez. I get it Jennifer that she's Lopez, saying that they're like Jennifer. becoming the same person or something. Wait, who's Andre? What did Andre Leontelli? I don't know. Like a fashion you called her. So <laughs> you said that this was like a, like the <laughs> best the like. Fu- I shouldn't have brought it up. New fashion it wasn't critic. That good of a take. 
I thought it was deep at the time. Were you stoned? Listen, (laughs) but you should... No, were you partying? I, I were you I on mushrooms? Were you on LSD? No, but I went back. Were you on- <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, no, I was on ketamine. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I think, but then I was thinking in my mind, the photos from the shoot looked very like Jennifer Lopez. I was the, okay, I get it. I get it. I get I it. I fucked up. No, honestly, stuck, don't. You like, never say a- that about yourself. Uh, you didn't. No, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn from my mistakes. So we can leave we it can in. leave it in because now, I mean, we're we're learning. Okay, I'm going to talk about an influencer. Trigger warning. Nikita Dragon. She was a YouTuber turned like TikTok star. Um, a transgender woman was arrested in Miami for like assaulting a police officer in a hotel where she was staying. Apparently what happened is the police officer, you know, there was music and noise, whatever, coming from her hotel room. A police officer and someone from the hotel came in. She threw a drink and like wet one of the police officers, which is considered assault. And they arrested her and uh, they held her in a male prison. And there was, there is a, a clip on TikTok that went viral from the hearing with the judge where Nikita says, do I have to stay here in a male prison? And the judge said, it's a female judge says, I don't make the rules, but like, we'll make sure that you are safe or in a secure area, Um, which I assume means, you know, a private, a private room. And now she's been released subsequently. And and also she's legally a woman and and this all happened in Florida. I know it's really sad. So she is, the judge would be breaking the rules if she's legally a woman, right? Yes. Well, she if she, the judge is claiming I don't make the rules, but she's legally a woman. I'm just I'm just trying to work it out yeah, from a logical no, no, I know. standpoint. Here. I think that I think it's Florida, which we know is you know one of the worst states in the United States to be a trans person. I would imagine Texas being another one. But I think that it was just like I think this is the reality. But it was it, there's been a big public outcry, rightly so about the tre- the treatment that she experienced in Florida. And then I was seeing some other TikToks that like, I don't know, maybe she's on she's in some sort of on a bender, but who knows? That's all alleged information, influencer gossip. That doesn't excuse the the treatment, her treatment by officials in Florida. She has a beauty line. That was a beauty connection. Continue. Have you tried any of her products? No. It's called Dragon Beauty. But she's actually kind of persona non grata in like the social media. She's been canceled for blackfishing. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> this is a messy, messy industry and country that we live in. I know. And we, we wouldn't choose in any other industry. I keep trying to get out. But here I am obsessed with makeup again, which is a great segue into product of the week. What do you have this week? Well, I have a confession. And this isn't like, oh, I'm trying to build buzz. Like, literally nothing's going to happen. (laughs) I miss making makeup. I miss it so bad. Really? Why? What part of it do you miss? (laughs) What am I supposed to do with that? I just have so many ideas and I love makeup and I love making, I like obviously love making self-services products. I literally like got to build a business like, the way I wanted and whatever. But here I am, you know, it's like when you haven't had like a certain food you like for a really long time, you're like craving it. And it's also different. I mean, like it, you know, it's a, it's psychologically different. It's so different. Like making body products that are, you know, not visible, you know, it's different. It's not like 
painting. It's not self-presentation in the same way as it's a totally different goal. It's a totally different problem you're trying to solve. So what's scratching your itch, like in terms of new products? Okay, okay. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you. I have two similar products, but very different. Well, first of all, real makeup girls know. Kiko Milano, if you're not buying Kiko Milano makeup, like if you're, if you know what Morph and like Morphe Kylie Beauty is and you don't know Kiko Milano, then you need to put your palette card back. <laughs> you give it, they're going to take your palettes back because if you love a great formula, you love a smart purchase, it's Kiko Milano. It's a drugstore brand, right? No, I don't think so. I think I, I've only seen them seen them in freestanding like Kiko Milano boutiques. They're basically like a Mac store, but like half the price. And they're obviously from Milano, where the cookies come from. And it's all like super colorful, the formulas, but like the the really incredible thing is the formulas are are insane. They're so good. I believe, and I'm sorry, Alexis, to misquote you, allegedly. The same factory that makes all the Kiko products makes, you know, all the like incredible like color cosmetics that like you would pay like 50 bucks for a single Ah, eyeshadow. And the colors are really nice. They always have like really beautiful colors. So today is I bought this when I was in France and then I rediscovered it recently. And it is a Velvet Touch Creamy Stick Blush in shade 04 and which is this pink oh it's like a berry like a light berry it's like a really like shocking really you think this is a berry I mean, I, you're, it's, it's dark like neon you pink yeah, okay maybe i don't know gorgeous anyway it's really really you know like the dior have you seen the tiktoks of the dior pink blush no i wonder i gotta see your algorithm to understand you better oh God, it's i think that would terrifying. help i use this blush on my cheeks and my lips it's gorgeous and really really like saturated on the skin. And then I have Gucci Beauty. Speaking of Paris Hilton era, if you ever put foundation and concealer on your lips because you like that kind of beige nude look that no lipsticks ever come in that color, Gucci made a lipstick that color. And I'm going to tell you what it is and you're never going to have to ever put concealer on your lips ever again. And it is called Lorna Dune is the shade. Like the cookie. Really? There's... There's a Lorna cookie? Yeah, Lorna Dunes. They're like shortbread cookies. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow, what, <laughs> what a thread. Yeah, Lorna Dune. And the product is Rouge. It's like their satin lipstick. And you can see it's a very like... Oh, it's like a taupey... Light yeah, nude. And the color, it just like has a lot of coverage. So you don't have to put concealer on your lips. There you go. But it doesn't, it doesn't wash you out either, which is as we... No, from our Facebook albums from 2008. <laughs> is a potential issue. <laughs> My product of the week is Justin Anderson, the celebrity hair colorist to like Miley Cyrus and other people who now has his own line, DP Hue. I came across a TikTok where he was talking about um, how people wash their hair, shampoo their hair too often, and it's like really bad for your hair, and that he thinks that like max like once a week, you should be actually like shampooing your hair. And that's like a big, like that's a big reason why there's breakage and frizziness and all this stuff. And so he created a product uh, that is like an apple cider vinegar hair rinse. 
And he was like, I use that because I go to the gym, I do hot yoga, I do all this stuff. And like, I want, I just like need, I can't just like rinse my hair and feel like it's clean. I need something. And he was like, I, I use, I created this product because I wanted something where I could, I could feel like I was cleansing, like lightly cleansing my hair without fucking it up. Uh, in terms of like, like how like a real sudsy shampoo would. And so right to Sephora.com I went and I bought the apple cider vinegar um, hair rinse and I love it. Not only does it, it's like a very, very thin consistency. So it feels really kind of like nice in your hair. Like it gets right to your scalp, which feels cleansing in the right way, like a tonic almost. Mm -hmm. My hair, I haven't washed it with shampoo in like four days. It doesn't smell. It doesn't look greasy. I really like it. And does it suds at all? A little bit. But just not like it's not like a creamy foam. It's it's like a it's it's like lightly cleansing, you know, your hair versus mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, anything else. And 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 I trust And him. let me ask like, you this. Does it replace your no. shampoo? So you would still shampoo, okay. you know, once a week, but this would be something mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. if you feel like you like if you take a lot of if you work out a lot, if you need to take a lot of showers, this would mm-hmm. be like a way to kind of get it's like the febreze for your scalp yeah but it's a little bit more let's see what they say <laughs> oh no that would be like dry shampoo they're calling actually. exactly That's totally they're calling it like is. a I they're calling it a shampoo, shampoo alternative it gently cleanses without mm-hmm. stripping your natural oils it's like a micellar yes it's more like that it's, it's more scalp. like that and mm-hmm. it is for 8.5 ounces 37 dollars. i got the jumbo size for 59 and i really like it you can get it on dphue.com or on sephora.com. Ooh, I want to try it. And I just it. like feel like it's healthier. I, f- I do think, and I think about this with Evie because I, we like shampoo her hair all the time, that like you become reliant on these products because you're like disrupting the natural state of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, try it and report back. We're putting together our annual holiday gift guide. So one thing we would ask Mm -hmm. everyone is to submit your conundrums, your questions, your hardest to please gift receivers. Those who submit Mm -hmm. questions via our Patreon, which we still have and we still appreciate subscribers to, will receive first dibs on answers. Patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty. And we have some special guests slash maybe just one guest, depending on how well we can get this shit together. Um, who will be contributing mini, mini shopping lists for the holidays. That's it. Beautiful, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for that. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Wes Haas. And you can reach us at nick at eyewitnessbeauty.com, annie at eyewitnessbeauty.com, at eyewitnessbeauty on Instagram. Don't tweet us. No offense. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think we're we're probably kicked off Twitter at this point. We probably are. Okay. Oh, right. No, no. Sorry. Check, is Twitter still left? <laughs> yeah. At, at 7.40 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, November 10th, there still was a Twitter. <laughs> anyway, signing off. Love you like a sister. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.